We're here, we're queer, and we're already changing the world. Welcome to the Queer Changemakers podcast, where each episode we will have a conversation with an LGBTQ plus changemaker, someone who is out there taking action in the world to make our community and the world a better place. Welcome to Queer Changemakers. On today's episode, we have Lily McNamara. I said that right? And they are from Minnesota. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Would you like to give a short introduction about yourself and uh, what you do? I'd love to. So my name is Lily McNamara. I'm owner of Lily of the Light, and I am a queer entrepreneur. Um, My pronouns are they, them, for those who are curious. And I'm a psychic spiritual advisor who offers services and events to help people rock their authentic self and be the hero of their own story. Uh, The upcoming event is October 28th, the Samhain Symposium, and that's all about promoting diversity and change, just like this fabulous podcast. So you said that was the Silence Symposium? Samhain. It's spelled Samhain. It's a Celtic word that means, yeah, it's the same time as Halloween. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Awesome. And and how do you say it one last time? Because Samhain. Samhain. I'm gonna come back to that. So my first, my first question, because I, I like it, is so when you think of the current state of our LGBTQ plus community, what is a vision that you have for the future, the next step, improvements, and uh, where we where we're going? I don't know if it's the next step or my vision for like how it ends up looking at the end, like a pretty package, but it's true inclusivity, which. I think is really difficult for a lot of people to even like wrap their head around that, oh, we're, we're queer, we're trans, we're all these things. And it's like, but we're also like people who are disabled and people who are neurodivergent and people who are homeless and entrepreneurs. Like it's, I want everything. I want a genuine melting pot. I want everyone to be welcome and included with love and respect. Assholes need not apply. And that's, that's my end vision that it's like, it's, it's all, it's truly all, and it's inclusive and shows the true, like dynamic diversity that we have in our community. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful vision. (laughs) And I think something that we get to help create. So in that, in that, you mentioned this conference coming up that sounds like it's an inclusive space. Yes. So it sounds like it's connected to this bigger vision of the future. Can you talk a little more about that? Yeah. So I'll tell you how it started. I vended and presented at spiritual conventions and pagan conventions all around the country. And I noticed that a lot of times I was the only like queer person presenting. Like there was never a lot of authority figures who were queer or BIPOC or uh, disabled, God forbid. (laughs) And I would ask these event coordinators, like, can we have a little bit more diversity? Like, I'm not talking go wild, but can, can I have some representation so that I don't feel token, you know, tokenized? Mm -hmm. And every single event person said, it's open to everyone. If people, if marginalized people wanted to come, they would. And I was like, you have to create space for them to feel safe. Otherwise, we're afraid people throw rocks at us. So can we not do that? And I was eventually met with, if you really wanted to do this, you would do it yourself. 
And in truth, anger happened next. And I was like, I'll win then. You watch, I will. And that's how the Silent Symposium was created because there was no other event that had true inclusivity that meant it and was doing it with intention. And so I made sure that about 90% of the vendors, presenters, volunteers, anyone in an authority position was from a marginalized community to show that we are authority figures in our community. We're not, oh, you're you're the queer, you know, pagan presenter. It's like, no, I'm a pagan presenter who happens to be queer. I'm still at the top of the food chain. That doesn't make me like a step down from the straight white man who's doing it. And mm -hmm. so I wanted us to have a voice and to be showcased for, for our intelligence, for what we have to offer the community and not be like, oh, well, we have you like a, like a side dish. We are the main course. Diversity is the main course at an event and it should be. <laughs> Love that. Diversity is the main course. Um, that's beautiful. And I, and I appreciate the balance there because sometimes like what you were saying hey make it more diverse we did the best we could right if you wanted that go create it and I do feel like that in there is sort of a lesson to learn where there's a lot of times where sometimes the gaps that we see are invitations to like fill that gap instead instead of sort of like waiting for someone mm -hmm. else because I do think even in today's 2023 um there's a lot of places where our rights are sort of being going backwards or maybe being taken away um or people have the certain businesses have the uh approval the permission slip um from the courts to discriminate and i do see how that's bad on some levels but i also think cool because i know a lot of i can find queer web designers who can <laughs> give you a queer wedding website or a queer website or a queer bakery or something that gives you the thing that you need. Um, and I think yeah. it's a little similar. Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, oh, well, they're not the best. It's like, oh, we are. We are. We had, to, in my opinion, we had to work twice as hard to get where we are and get the recognition that we are. I guarantee we know how to work. Like we, we are an effort filled community. So anyone who's like, oh, well, no, you're just the best in of the queer community I'm like no 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 we're we got it like we're we're willing to work for it we're here we're we're ready to make the change yeah and and I and I love that the where you got both sides going there's competency and quality and still and also diversity and it's not well you pick one or the other um yeah I think of some neighborhoods that I've been to and it's like, well, that's the gay bar restaurant. Like the food's not great, but like they're going to give you the best drag shows. They're going to they're going to give you the most queer quality experience um, yeah. and you might give up on the food, but their drinks are usually better and, and more, more affordable. So it's a good balance overall. Um, so you mentioned your business. Uh, you mentioned Lily of the Light. Can you explain what that is a little bit and talk about how you got how you got there? So uh, to get woo-woo on everybody, just a forewarning. Uh, so as a psychic spiritual advisor, I was born with my gifts. And then at the age of 10, my loving mother uh, put me and sent me to like a mentor so that I could train and learn discernment and grounding and all of those important things. 
And so by the time I was uh, in my mid-teens, I was able to see clients professionally because I had already had over five years of training by the time I started seeing clients. So I've been seeing clients for over 20 years now as a psychic spiritual advisor. I'm trained in over a dozen modalities from around the world. And currently there are membership packages because healing and growth is a long game, not a short game. A lot of people want to say, oh no, I went, I went to you know, someone once and it's like, no, it's not a gunshot wound. You don't get to go to the ER, get patched up and then go home. It's like, this is a chronic issue. So uh, there's a monthly uh, membership that people join and every month they have sessions and support and guidance and tarot readings to help them live their best lives and really embrace who they are authentically, unapologetically, on a daily basis. That's the that's the goal of it is that everyone is authentic in every situation because a lot of people we say like I'm so authentic and it's like yeah but in a stressful situation how often are you compromising or straight up like giving up yourself to keep the peace because let's be honest we've all done that we've all walked into a situation and gone oh not me here we're gonna be the quiet me the nice me the the agreeable me and it's like no walk in and if you have if you have thoughts, if you have feelings, if if you have opinions, let let them be known. Like, yes, don't don't make yourself smaller for anybody. I like that. I very much appreciate that. Um, I grew up in the in a Christian tradition, in a conservative Christian tradition. So the idea of authenticity was never said this way, but the idea of authenticity is almost bad because mm -hmm. it is different than the rest there isn't there isn't space for diversion right for for outside of what they've said is this is good everything else probably bad um so i i appreciate that i i definitely think nice for me myself i that's something i'm still learning and grappling with how to show up fully in every space and be okay with that right yeah. Um, so, so you mentioned more of the spiritual psychic advisor and like different modalities. Um, but is there a way or maybe a line, a mantra or something that someone could use if they wanted to be more authentic in their day-to-day -day random experiences? So one of the things that I teach is being the hero of your own story. And so the the affirmation would be, I am the hero of my own story, whatever, that's the affirmation. But then to add the perspective of whatever that looks like, because guess what? Sometimes being the hero of my own story is curled up in what I call my nest. It is a spot on my couch with six pillows, three blankets. One of them is heated. I, it's, I am big bird. I am big bird. I have a nest. And I spend the entire day there just curled up binge watching something on Prime or Netflix. And that is being the hero of my own story. I am taking care of myself because nobody else will. No one else can rest for me. That would be great if we could outsource certain things. Like I would love to outsource my skincare routine to somebody else and just be like, just handle that. Thank you. But no, this took effort. This this complexion took time. And so, um, no, and by the way, another tip, you want to know what is the fountain of youth? Self-care. This, this non-wrinkled late 30s face is all self-care. People are like, how do you look so young? Self-care, baby. That is it. 
That is all you need. Self-care and a good moisturizer and you can live forever. <laughs> I love that. Um, no one can rest for you. That 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 is super true. Because I always think like being here with my own story, I immediately go to the, you know, the marble things where it's like, no, you have to show up. You have to sacrifice yourself, do the hard thing, challenge, challenge, workout, sweat, cry, blood, tears. Um, and not the comfy pillow with, with not the comfy couch with which pillows feeling comfortable. Uh, that, that, that's really good. And you mentioned you were from Minnesota. So I imagine it gets cold there and, and blankets are... Yes, it is. Uh, the weather just changed here. I don't, I don't know where you are, but uh, it's officially fall. And so most people have like turned on their heat now, which is a huge thing. And yes, we do post about it on social media. The first time our heat kicks on, we're like, oh, it's happened. I have not done it because um, I actually, I, I like my house a little bit cold right now. It's just gets you in the, in the sweater season of it all. But yeah, so it gets it gets cold here. Uh, it was negative twenty three last winter, and so <laughs> yeah, we're we hibernate during the winter. I do not. I try not to do a lot of events during the winter, and people ask why. I'm like, not locally. I will go to Texas, California, and mm. do an event, but not in. You can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that uh. For a second, I thought you were gonna say it was negative twenty three last week, and mm -hmm. I was gonna be like, yep, like I I have not been to Minnesota and I think that's one of the reasons why mm -hmm. um but yeah I'm here in DC and we just had a summer week last week where it was 80s multiple days almost all of the week um but now it's in the 60s so it's it's you know climate used to be this seasonal thing and who knows what it is now um but it's as moody now that's what it is it's moody <laughs> oh it's moody oh that's fair because don't we all have moods and like oh, yeah. what if the earth is just one big, I don't know, reflection of us. Uh, sometimes it gets a little hot. Sometimes it's a little cold. And um, sometimes it's just weird. Yeah, just sitting in that thought for a moment. But um, okay, but back to you, back to you. Uh, okay, so you start, you've been in this all your life from an, from an early age. And you had the parental system that said, hey, let's, you have gifts. Let's invest in those and like help you grow and learn. So in, in your years, in your time, in your experience, what's one of the biggest challenges that you've um, had to face and overcome? As So as a queer person in any, and that's why I identify as, I identify as queer. Like, I know we all have subsections and stuff like that that we can get into, but queer is the term that I use for myself and the community because um, I just view it as an umbrella, lovely umbrella term. Um, one of the hardest things was coming out as gender neutral because I present so feminine and so most people to this day even uh colleagues and not my friends uh <laughs> because I I'm very selective about about my friends and if they can't get my pronouns right they're not going to be my friend but still a lot of colleagues um and people that I work with will default to she her even after I've corrected them because it's just easier for them and then it goes to, is this the hill I want to die on? Does this make me look unprofessional to correct someone repeatedly? Is this going to offend them that I am so like a hard line about it? Those are real questions in the business world, unfortunately. Like I would love to say that 
I go, oh, my pronouns are they, them, and everyone respects them everywhere. That is not the case. Uh, the vast majority of the time, people just default to she, her. And then I have to make the sometimes difficult decision of, is this the hill I want to die on today? And unfortunately, it's usually not. Because there are other things that we're talking about or dealing with that sadly take precedence. So that is a huge hurdle that like, even in this light love and spiritual industry and stuff where everyone is welcome as long as you fit in is kind of how it goes. And I don't, I look like I fit in. I am definitely passing in. I, I'm disabled. I do not look disabled. I am queer. I am gender neutral. I don't, you know, I can pass for a straight person on any given day, depending upon what I'm wearing. Um, my more masculine clothes, people are like, oh yeah, you, you definitely like girls. Yes, I do. <laughs> Um, so that would probably be a huge thing is navigating any community, any industry, being queer, and then also being disabled. There aren't accommodations out there for business for, for people who are disabled. There's no different chairs in, in, in a conference room. There's no breaks in case you need a break and, and everything. So it, those are definitely big hurdles that a lot of people don't realize, and I feel like that's out of ignorance because there is no representation. There is no wheelchair ramp up to the CEO's office, you know? And mm. so how are we supposed to know and feel like that is something that is allowed if it's so rare or never happens? And so those I would think would be the biggest hurdles is people just not knowing, not having the representation to get accommodations or to get my pronouns correct or anything like that because it's so unheard of to have a gender neutral person be uh in the industry almost everyone is straight almost everyone is white almost everyone is able-bodied it is wild to go to these events and look at the loaf of wonder bread standing in front of you no shame to the wonder bread by the way i'm well aware that i look like milk okay mm -hmm. But you walk in and it's like, there is no diversity here. So they don't even know how to handle diversity because they've never seen it at an event. So yeah, that would be, those would be the hurdles. I, I definitely understand that. I feel like as I have been going on my own journey of entrepreneurship and like learning marketing and from different people. Yeah, yeah. Many of the people leading are straight white men leaning towards Christianity and, you know, definitely not disabled. And, you know, and even when they have tried to be more open and inclusive, it's still a little cringy because it's like, that's, it's, you know, they, they use words like lifestyle and like preference and like a dismissive but inclusive way. Like even some of the Christian people like, oh, whatever, well, you know, you can believe in Jesus or whoever else you might believe, whatever you might believe, you know? And it's like, you don't realize it. And it's, and in, and it's weird too, because it's like, no, this is them being inclusive. This is, this is actually the, ow, the best that they can do. And I'm like, oh, that's so. Yes. And I don't know about you, but I had something happen, slight tangent, but um, so being one of the only, uh, and I think it's not just being um, queer or disabled or neurodivergent, it's being out as those things. I understand that like BIPOC, it's 
a little bit harder to hide that uh, for lack of a better word. Like it's obvious when you walk into the room that we have different complexions, right? And so like with with being queer and everything and then being out, it's, they're like, okay, so, so you're out. Oh my God, there's, here's the other queer girl you two should date. No, no, please don't. Oh, and then it becomes an issue that actually happened at a spiritual conference once in the Midwest. So not in like an edgy place like California, no, Midwest. And they were like, oh, but you, but you two are the only two. So it should, you should, you're the only two girls who like girls here. So obviously you two have to, and it's like, that's not how it works. Please don't. And then it became a huge thing for the whole event that like, we were the only two and, and all these straight people were like, we're going to play matchmaker. And I'm like, why is this happening? Oh, so that, that is something that, that I find with people that don't understand this kind of thing where the, they think that's all inclusive. They think they're helping. And it's like, this should be on a reality show. This is, this is on bloopers. I'm being punked, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. So as tangents go, I actually might enjoy this reality show of, of, <laughs> you know, putting, mm, how do I use the best words? Putting certain people who self-identify as extra inclusive and are always doing that, but like putting them in a space where, I don't know, they get to do that at, at their heart's desire, but everybody else is an actor. And basically the oh. actors, right? So we can have queer actors there who then, play with improv sort of with that uh perspective and show them how terrible it is yes i do i i'd be up for that i i would be up for that like the real life version just got very awkward i eventually had to like pull the event coordinator aside and said this is not okay and then later on um several events down the road i was labeled difficult for that because i wasn't willing to play along because i wasn't enthusiastic about this I was actually like pulled aside and being like you have a history of being very difficult at events and so now we need to adjust how we work with you and I was like that's really unfortunate that the I didn't play your straight game of entertainment it, I mean it's real it's something that we deal with in in the professional world like people think being queer in in life in our personal lives is interesting and hard and I feel like that's the side that people talk about a lot is our personal lives and how do we date and how do we navigate you know family functions and stuff and then it's like how do you navigate a boardroom how do you navigate you know those things because it is slightly I, I would love to say it's not different but when we walk into a boardroom or a conference or something like that it is different it is different for us that's part of the reason why why for this podcast I am only interviewing queer people um I've been in some groups and like queer networking groups and they're like yes queer and allies um and other people like you should invite everybody because it's inclusive right like we're all as I like I know that's good but we have different just experiences and perspectives yeah. and I like my initial question or my ending question depending on how it goes is you know what's your vision for the queer community because I think we all have a different queer experience mm -hmm. But like our vision can sometimes be the same or even different. And you're like the way you see your vision may be more inclusive than my vision because of 
where you are and the rooms that you've been in. Yeah. Um, and I do think it is hard for us sometimes to like think of, okay, how do we be fully queer on our Facebook ads? How do we really, you know, fully queer in this conference that isn't a specifically queer conference? How do we show up authentically in these spaces? And I think it's a, definitely something I'm still trying to learn through and figure out and try to help um, when I can, but it's 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 been hard. So right now for you, you've got this conference coming up. What else is going in your world? Like what are what are other things that you're working on as Lily of the Light or in any other uh, ventures? So um, the membership that I have, be, it's called uh, Being the Hero of Your Own Story. It's, that is a really big focus of mine. So the clients that I see on a monthly basis get a lot of my attention and rightfully so. I, I really don't like programs that are like, okay, well, you'll see me once a month. And if you wanna text every once in a while, that's fine. Like I have one of my membership clients just sends me memes at like two in the morning and I do not respond at two in the morning, but that's the support they want. They want to send me these cute spiritual memes and then I'll reply like in the next few days about it. I have another client who needs everything like laid out for them. So like I'll send them their tarot reading, a video of their tarot reading for the full moon. And then they'll go, I need you to like break it down more. So it's about customizing because you're right. All of our experiences are so different. As much as we're, we're all the same, we are all incredibly different and unique. And therefore our needs are different. And so my my membership clients do get the lion's share of, of that effort and uniqueness to, to make sure that their experiences and that they're growing and healing at the pace that is honoring them, not honoring me. Anyone who's like, week one, we do this. Week two, we do this. And I'm like, why? I, I, I need you to explain that to my soul who's at a different pace than you. Um, so that's where a lot of my my time and attention goes at the moment. And then including, obviously, the Samhain Symposium and events in 2024. Oh, my gosh. Um, it's so close. I don't. Oh, where'd the year go? Um, I will open up to doing retreats around the country. So weekend wellness retreats that are committed to intensive healing and psychic development and self-care different themed retreats around the country that will also have inclusivity having um different presenters there not just myself um and having it be open to everyone and and as we discuss like what does inclusivity look like i feel like this is gonna sound so bad i'm so sorry everyone who's listening please know that i am a sassy bitch and i'm okay with that <laughs> One of the biggest things people are like, you say inclusivity for your events, for your retreats, for everything like that. How do you keep prejudiced people out? How do you keep assholes out? And I said, I let them know up front. The second you show racism, you will be escorted out. If you don't leave, you get to deal with me. And I bite. I say that publicly to people. I'm like, if you want to cause a scene, don't do it here. This is not the place. We are angry people who have been oppressed. Don't do it here. And so that, I think that's a big part that people are like, well, how, how do you actually make it inclusive and safe for the people it needs to be safe for? And I always say, I, in a lot of my ads, I'll say, if you're an asshole, don't come. This is not the event for you. I have uninvited people. I have refunded tickets once I have seen their, their social media posts 
of of any kind of prejudice. I'm like, this isn't the event for you. Here, here's your ticket back. Don't, no need for you to show up. So I think that's also a big part of inclusivity is keeping it safe and telling people that they're not welcome. Like your small mindedness is not welcome at, at this inclusive event. Sorry, if you want to change, by all means, come back. But no. So I think that that's a big thing too is, is that is part of inclusivity. You can't just say all are welcome because then you're sitting there going, well, what about the Nazis and the pedophiles? And they're like, well, not them. And I'm like, how are they supposed to know? It's like, I'll say it up front. I'm like, if you have any kind of proclivity, don't come. Don't, like, obviously kinky people, queer people, hell yes, sex workers, all welcome. Yum, 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 fabulous. Do not come if you are prejudiced or small-minded. You are not welcome here. I love that because there's always this idea that all actually means all, mm-hmm. which is hard to say because it, it mean because people use that in the in a bad way, mm-hmm. right? In a way that's like no, 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 license to discriminate. We did this versus we have standards. Yep, this is a standard. Yep, all welcome to abide by these standards, mm-hmm. and these standards are basic you know, human dis- decency and respect and dignity for all, um, you know, like common, common things. Um, so I, I do appreciate that. And like also being willing to say that up front, because I do think that there's a lot of times or even people or groups or places that are like, no, we are inclusive. We said all. And like, if you look in the email, there's a code of conduct somewhere and it like lists out what all means and has nods to everyone, but it's not like front and center. And it's not spoken from up front. And yep. it's like, you, you, sometimes you need to be able to, you know, speak to that. Because, you know, by telling people who you're not for, you also are telling people who you are for. Well, um, that's, there was um, a women's event recently in Minnesota. And I won't, I won't say the name, no shade to them at all. But uh, a bunch of people in the queer and trans community were like, you have to say that we're welcome. And they said, well, w- women, all feminine energy is is welcome. And it's like, you have to say upfront that we are welcome. And they wouldn't. And I was like, uh, one of their, uh, everyone on the board was straight, reached out and was like, I don't understand. We said everyone was welcome. And I was like, yeah, you need you need to invite us. You You need to invite us in. You can't just say everyone is welcome and think that we think it's safe. We don't, we don't know you. And they were like, oh, well, we can't do that. And I'm like, and that's why we don't come. That's why we don't feel safe. It's, I feel like doing things up front, like cuts it, nips it in the bud, you know? It's like, you're not sitting at an event having prejudiced people there and then going, yeah, this isn't for you. If you say it up front, they're not going to be comfortable enough to go unless they're real ballsy. And quite frankly, I haven't met many prejudiced people who are real ballsy. Yeah, it's really hard sometimes to be mean up close. Mm-hmm. It's so it's it's really it's really hard, and you have to find these like niceties and possible things. But you know, usually it's just like okay, I guess we're just gonna silently disagree, and then be slightly surprised when someone I disagree with says something that I agree with, and now I have to be this way in my head, be like, oh, I'm supposed to not like you, but you just said something, and I guess I agree, maybe. Maybe there's more, but yeah. And also definitely saying it up front is helpful because yeah. it also gives other 
people who feel extra included get that people who want to exclude get that and then all the people in the middle who are just being themselves and more concerned about do people like me do i like what you know do i fit in um if they're able to see something happen they can then step up mm-hmm. or when so-and-so is kicked out for being a terrible person uh they can be like well they yeah they were warned this makes sense I feel like it goes back to almost, it goes back to representation. Like mm-hmm. we need it to be obvious because if it's not obvious, you're like, well, what did that mean? And am I supposed to read between the lines? Like the example that you want to be in the queer community, be that. Like it's it's that silly quote, be the change you want to see in the world. But how accurate is that? Like be the change maker, do it. Like, and, and then other people will see that you're doing it. You'll be the example. And then more will happen. Don't wait for someone else to do it. Why? Why don't you feel like a badass enough to do it? Why don't you feel empowered enough to do it? And if you need support, find it. Be proactive in the change you create in the queer community. There are no backseat drivers here. Everyone is up front. Everyone is doing something. Even existing is doing something. You are representing our community. Be proud. Be happy. You're a badass. Come on, half the world hates you and you are alive, you are epic. Not many people can say that. We can. I like that. <laughs> I, I I do too, I do too. I, it's, <laughs> it's also great because it sort of connects to what we said earlier about you even starting this conference. It was like, if you want it to be inclusive, I guess you're the only one who's going to be, who's going to do that. Go do your own. And you are. So that is great for your program, like who are the types of people that you best serve or that most resonate with you? So uh, queer community, obviously, shout out to the home team. Um, it's, it's people who are tired of not feeling empowered. It's the people who feel stuck and they're like, I know that there's something in me to, to do, to change, to be, that is awesome. I just don't know where it is or I forgot how to use it. It's those people. It's the people who want to and are ready to reconnect to their authentic self. And they just need a little bit of help. They just need support. They need someone to show them away. And I am a bright, shining, obnoxious light on your path. I am the loudest, most annoying creature you will ever meet in real life. I'm a cartoon character come to life. There is no way you will not be moving forward with me going, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it in your ear all month long. <laughs> that really sounds helpful and and I like I like your passion and excitement for it. What else? What direction do I go in next? Um Okay. Okay. So at the end I'll ask for your contact stuff. So I guess we're sort of gonna go into the rapid fire questions. All right, I'm ready. Let's do this. It's like a go. Okay, so, so, so. style. Yes. <laughs> Question one, uh, what's something that inspires you and and why? This is gonna sound so weird, adversity. Adversity, okay. Uh, my grandpa used to say that if you have to choose between doing it the hard way or the easy way, do the hard way, you'll learn more. And I wanna learn it all. I wanna help as many people as possible. And the only way to do that is through adversity. If it was easy, I wouldn't be helping people. So no, I don't want it to be all hard, but adversity inspires me. What is your favorite self-care routine? Oh, the bedtime one. The bedtime one. So I have a very elaborate bedtime routine because it's really hard for me to fall asleep. 
I shower, I do all my skincare, I do my breathing, I do my gratitude, I do stretching, all of that happens. Most of my self-care happens like in a neat little package at night. Mm -hmm. And I love that. The best part about self-care is that you can stack it. If you're already doing something, it's called habit stacking. Just add, add your multivitamins to your morning coffee that you drink every morning. And it makes life so much easier just to stack them on top of each other. Okay. Okay. How long does that take for you typically? Um, on, on like a good night. So with my disabilities that can change if I'm having a flare or something, obviously it takes longer. It can take about an hour, but that's when it's like, oh my God, that's so long. I'm like, no, it's not. Almost all my self-care happens at night. The shower happens in that time. And let's be honest, that takes time. And the skincare takes time and the teeth care. You think this smile was cheap? No, I'm going to keep it forever. This this mouth took a lot of effort and I'm going to keep it. So it's doing all of those things. So it can take up to an hour, but that also includes like the wind down time, you know, the deep breathing for several minutes and everything like that. It's just getting into the zone of like happy dreams before you sleep. That's awesome. And part of me is like, Ooh, I don't, I don't usually do this. And sometimes it's like, okay, fall asleep, fall asleep. What do I do? But making that ritual seems like a good way to bring it all together and get those benefits. Yeah. And for people with anxiety, it tricks your brain that you need to sleep. So if you do the same routine over and over again, even if you're neurodivergent, it will trick your brain. So when I shower and then do everything after the shower, my brain goes, oh, this is bedtime. So it's easier to fall asleep. You're just tricking yourself. You're just tricking yourself that you need to sleep. So come up with a bedtime routine if you have a hard time sleeping. <laughs> Awesome. That's definitely something I'm going to be using soon. Okay. So you mentioned it's a changing of the seasons uh, where you're at, but do you have a favorite moment of the summer or pride season? Oh, it's actually, um, it was serendipitous. The universe gave me a beautiful gift for Minneapolis pride. I was not supposed to be there. I had to work um, my business and stuff. So I couldn't go to pride by some fluke with the nonprofit that I was helping with. I had to go to pride and I ended up being invited back to um, the queer TikTok tent. So a bunch of different um, queer TikTok creators went to Minneapolis Pride. And so they were having a hard time. They're like, we need someone to do Reiki. And I was like, I'll do it. Like, I'm here. I'm here. And I am great at it. Let's go. So I got to uh, spend time with a bunch of different creators. Abby Rosemarin, um, that Midwestern mom that type of thing. So I got to do Reiki on a bunch of people and then tarot readings on a bunch of people too. So that was my favorite part. It's like the universe gives you gifts. Just be open to them and they are fabulous. Awesome. Do you have a favorite joke or something you recently laughed at? Preferably a joke though. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think. Um, so it's, it's not a joke, but it'll let you know the different cultures and communities that queer people, because queer is a community, but we are in every, we have infiltrated every community, people, we're everywhere, and we're not going don't anywhere. Tell them, don't tell them. We're here to stay. So um, in Renaissance festivals, do you know what Renaissance festivals okay. are? Yeah. Huge queer community, huge poly community, just huge in everything alternative, which is great. Um, I was we tell jokes that are more crass and uh, suggestive than most communities. And so this person who knew that I worked at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival and he did too, but I did not know him, comes up in a golf cart to a huge outdoor event at a, a mead house. So they make mead with bees and everything like that. 
and he yells at the top of his lungs, hey, baby, I won't give you a ride. And that would be so offensive in any other situation. But because we are fest people, I turn around and I go, hell yeah, but I don't think you can handle this. And we laugh, even though we don't know each other, we know that each other goes to fest. And so we can scream inappropriate things at each other in public. And so then we got into the golf cart and he gave me a ride down the freaking field to my car. Um, and we talked and now we are friends and we talk constantly, but yep. Someone screaming, I want to give you a ride can end in friendship. That's beautiful. I love, I love the good inside joke and also the taking the inside joke outside and just like going with it. Right. It's like, you know what, this is, I enjoy this. Um, and I'm going to have fun with it because why, why not? Why not? Well, and it shows that in the right community, you are safe to make those jokes. In the right community with the right people, you may not know them, but you know they're a part of that community and they're like almost default safe. And it's like, yeah, I can say something inappropriate to you. What what are you going to do? You're going to laugh in my face or else you're going to play along. And so it's, I think that's beautiful that we have these these spaces in in our lives that, that we can do that even with complete strangers just because they're part of our community. Yeah, part part of me is like, wow, it's like this theme of inclusivity and like community and being like that inside joke. And I do feel like, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. But sometimes I feel like that inside joke is something that reminds me of an inclusive community. Mm -hmm. Being able to do that, being able to feel that freedom there. Yes. Like to be like, you know what? I'm going to authentically make this stupid or crass joke, (laughs) knowing that it's going to be received. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's not a joke for if if anyone who's watching, if you see me on the street and you scream that at me, I will not scream nice things back at you. But Mm. if you are in the fest community or something like that, that's just a norm for those kind of things. Um, And yeah, it's inclusive. We create spaces that, because like if a complete stranger did it, I would be very nervous, but knowing that someone's in a community, it just it just makes you feel good to be able to do those things. Like I asked him, I'm like, how did you know I wasn't going to be upset? And he's like, fest, dude. Like the worst you're going to do is laugh in my face. And I was like, legit, that's legit. Like the worst thing that's going to happen in a safe community is that someone's going to laugh at you in a nice way. Beautiful. It's just something my mind goes in different places. And I'm like thinking of like, other jokes or like funny films or other creative things and i what you just said like came out came in so many different ways i'll have to process that later um but okay back to questions so one of my last questions is is there a queer change maker who's doing things that inspires you this is this is gonna sound so silly but it's um oh and i cannot remember his name but he's from like australia or new zealand or something and he's like a drag queen and he just had a special and his suit was red and it had a bunch of like eyes on it. And then his microphone had a giant red fringe tail on it. And I cannot for the life of me remember his name, but he's a comedian. He is a performer. He is fabulous. He dresses in drag and he's crass in situations that normally you wouldn't be like uh, his the joke that's all over TikTok is I love Jesus. He's, he's one of, you know, he's one of the people that I aspire to be. I love any guy who can get nailed for three days and come back for more. And I'm like, you're funny. I, I like that. And he's in, he's on talk shows. He's not like a personal friend. 
and I feel so bad that I cannot remember his name now. But it's it's those kinds of people who are bringing laughter that it doesn't have to be serious. Our inspirations don't have to be everything is serious and everything is equal rights. We can say and make people laugh and have enjoyment and colorful lives that are just beautiful that anyone can can be a part of. Yes, I love that. That is that is definitely what I aspire to be. Okay. His name may be Ruben K. Yes. I just Thank I you. typed in part of that joke to to Google and that's what they gave me. Um and and yeah, I I I get it and I've been in a lot of Christian spaces, so I see when that joke could be a little how mm-hmm. some people would take it wrongly, but also like it's a historical fact. Well, mm-hmm. It's a historical, it's something that we could, we, it's a historical fact that there's enough evidence to say there was a person named Jesus that got nailed on the cross. Um, so why, why why not go one, one more step? Like, not on this podcast, but I think I have like three other semi-offensive um, jokes. But uh, <laughs> the friends that I could share them with, um, even the ones that wear a Christian hat, get the joke. Yes. And being part of that community, they get me and they know this isn't to, I don't know, make fun of what you believe or whatever, but it's yeah. to appreciate this idea. <laughs> but I'll have to look at this person and possibly hopefully see their story one of these days, um, watch their specials. Thank you so, so much for this. How can people best get in contact with you if they were interested in either the conference or your work and your membership as it is right now? So I'm a true millennial. I am on the socials, uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. It's all Lily of the Light and it's spelled L-I-L-Y. My mother informed me that I am a flower, not a drug company. So, cause the drug company is spelled L-I-L-L-Y. And my mom was like, never, never. You are a flower. You are a beautiful flower. And I'm like, thank you, mother. <laughs> So it's lilyofthelight.com and then all handles are just lily of the light. And I would love to say I did that for a business reason, sheer laziness, people, sheer laziness on my part. And I'm okay with that. I own that. I wanted it to be easy for me. And the fact that it's easy for you is totally a bonus and I appreciate it. But lily of the light is everything because I needed it easy for me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And and as we let you go, uh, is there one piece of advice or guiding word of wisdom that you'd want our listeners to hear the easiest way to change your life is through math which sounds really weird but instead of trying to add a bunch of things to your life substitute it subtract something and then add something else you do not need to remake the wheel it's already been made for you just add and subtract that's all you need to do it is simple math to change your life it is the easiest way to do it Well, thank you so much for being here on this conversation. You've shared so much and I just love your passion for inclusivity and being the change that you want to see. I'm glad to have you here. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Queer Changemakers podcast. I'm your host, Justin Mezzetin, and I hope that you're able to learn from what you just heard and think of ways that you yourself can also make change in your community for the better. Take care, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.